Welcome to the Fitness Matters Podcast, where every week we talk about the fitness matters that matter to you. I'm Paula B., YouTuber, certified life and weight loss coach, soon to be author, and your best middle-aged fitness friend. Are you ready to talk about the fitness mindset that matters to you? Me too. Let's go. You guys, hello, 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 and good morning. It is so good to actually, literally, see you guys. I love it when we are live for the Paula B. Wellness Over 50 Book Club in partnership with Chirp Audiobooks. Now, you guys, just in case you haven't heard me talk about Chirp before, I feel like you have at this point if this is not your first rodeo around here, but just in case, Chirp is an audiobook retailer that offers really steep discounts on all sorts of fantastic books without any sort of monthly subscription. And this month we've been reading, do I have it here on my phone really quickly? I do. Ah, Live the Best Story of Your Life by Bob Litwin. And I am so excited to talk about this book because let me tell you the story of how I chose two co-hosts for today. I chose them and they chose me, (laughs) which I love. I put out I put out a post in the Get Your Goal group, which is my monthly subscription group where we talk about getting our goals. And I said, okay, usually when I'm reading a book, I have like kind of one of you in mind because I get to know the members of the Get Your Goal group pretty well. And so I usually have like like one of you in mind. But this book, this book was so easy to read that I actually had so many of you and not just those of you in the Get Your Goal group, but like those of you in the Hive, those of you that I know from YouTube, like This just felt so universal to me that I was like, who wants to talk to me about this? (laughs) Amy and Amanda both raised their hands and were like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. So let me introduce Amanda and Amy, my good friends from the Get Your Goal group. And I'm going to ask you each individually what, what you liked about this book and really specifically, why you raised your hand to be part of the live conversation. And Amanda, I'm going to start with you. What made you raise your hand for this one? I really enjoyed the book. It was a lot less dense as our preceding month's book. So I really enjoyed it. I liked the format of it. I, the beginning was a little tough for me, which was unusual, but I always feel like I'm going to complete a book because I feel like I'm cheating on the book if I don't complete the book. And I listened to the book, but I also bought a copy of the book. So oh, very cool. Ooh, I'm um, going to ask you more about that. That's, that's interesting. And then, and then I'm going to cut you off though, because I want to talk to Amy too. <laughs> this is the thing about having two co-hosts, you guys. I got I to gotta be careful to like make sure I talk to both of you and, and cut you both off sometimes too. So Amy, tell me, what made you decide to raise your hand for this? I actually had not already read the book. I know. Um, so <laughs> I just wanted to give myself a challenge to get involved and to accomplish a goal that was a pretty short goal. Um, I also listened to part of the book as well as I have a copy, which I really love that I was able to highlight some things as I was going through and reading the book. So um, I actually just finished it last night. So I do get things done in a time frame. <laughs> I know you do. Well, and this is this is the thing that I was thinking about really specifically with, with both of you. Honestly, I think of both of you as pretty avid readers, just in general. So I do have a question for both of you about, is this the kind of book that you would normally read or do you tend more towards other, other types of books? Amy, how about you? What, what do you normally read? I am actually more of a fiction person because I like to just get lost in other worlds and go exploring through books and see New York through a book and that kind of thing. So um, 
self-help books are usually not my go-to, but this one was actually a really good one for me to read. As Amanda mentioned, it wasn't as heavy in the material and it was very helpful. And I saw so much of Paula in there. So it was really nice. <laughs> yeah. So it was perfect yeah. for me. Yeah, it was, it was, I felt like this book was, it, it certainly was not written by me, but I felt like so much of it really, really could have been. And yeah, that was, that was super fun. So how about you, Amanda? Do you generally read self-help? Do you read fiction? Do you read all kinds of things? What about you? Um, I have read self-help in the past. Not the, I kind of feel like the book club has been like homework. I feel like the books are like a college. I feel like it's stimulating my mind. And I feel like we, I'm, you know, I feel like working on like the whole self-care and like stimulating my mind is another thing. And I like that you pick something out. I don't have to think about it because I prefer to read like psychological thrillers. I love forensics. I love any kind of book that I can't guess the end of it. So yes. um, oh my God, it's right? been fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's been fun. And, and I drive around for my job. So listening to the books, I, you miss some of that of not being able to like, that's why I bought a copy of the book, <laughs> which I haven't really read it yet. But um, just to have it more as a reference. So, but I enjoyed the book and I love how the guy changes his voice when he talks about the big butt. I was like, that's so funny to me. So. <laughs> well, that's what I was just going to ask. So tell me your impression of, because I, this is the first one that I have only listened to. I did not get a physical copy of the book, which was really interesting. But for me personally, it was because it's so easy to hear. Like mm-hmm. I, I felt like I got everything and I, I do suspect that I will want a physical copy to go back and reference again, as we often say, but, but I loved just listening. Like it was so easy. I found myself not wanting to put it down. Like it was just, it was very smooth, very, there was, for me, there was just no resistance to listening to it. It wasn't like, I don't understand what you're saying or wait, go back. I didn't get that. Like it was just, it was very easy and smooth. Did you find that also? I see both of you nodding, but Amy, how do you feel about it? Because I know, I know you read it a little bit faster than the rest of them. <laughs> Yeah, I actually, so I was uh, cleaning my basement last night, so, or so I was listening to it while I was doing that, and it was very companionable, if that's the correct word to go with it, and I really enjoyed the narrator's voice, um, but it because it was each of the concepts are so quick and because he gave such great examples, um, I think one of my favorite examples that he gave, and this is one of the parts that I was listening to is when he was talking about not playing in that um, main championship, that big championship. I can't remember the exact exact tournament. tournament. Yeah. Yeah. um, Based upon his beliefs. And I thought that was really fantastic. So there was just some of that that you could really relate to just because of the way that he gave those personal stories and just made it really relatable. Yeah. And then Amanda, I know you had already said that you, you really enjoyed how he changed his voice. That cracks me up because that's what I liked about it too. And, (laughs) and I'm curious, I mean, for everybody else who is here live, please feel free to chime in to the chat with your opinions. I this, these are really questions for, for everybody. I, this is why we love to be live is because I love to hear all of your opinions because for me personally, I, I tend to be much more of a, like a book reader, like having a physical copy really tends to help me. I think of myself as a visual learner. And I was really surprised at how accessible this information was just listening to it. And like, like Amy, I actually found myself like doing other things while I was listening. Like I listened when I was walking on the treadmill. I listened when I was cleaning. I listened when I was, okay, I admit it, playing games on my phone. (laughs) But, But for me, it was, it was so simple and accessible. And that's actually, interestingly, what I found 
slightly challenging about it. I noticed myself thinking, this is too easy. You're making it sound too simple. Like I was kind of not arguing with him, but I noticed myself thinking about that. And then upon thinking about that, I was like, Paula, that's your story. Hello. My story is that things are supposed to be hard. And so listening to him talk about like, change your story. Here you go. I was like, oh my gosh, I did not expect to have any kind of a revelation like that from it. And Lori says that she didn't love the narrator. Oh, because he sounded a bit slick to me. I would prefer to have the author read it. You know, and I've noticed that because the last two months, the How Emotions Are Made and this one were both not read by the author, whereas the first two months both were read by the author, which was um, Dr. Jen Gunter for the Menopause Manifesto. By the way, don't mind to me, just I've got, it's Sunday morning, I've got my cat in my lap. Um, And also Brene Brown. I, I agree. I loved listening to the author read the book themselves. I felt like, personally, I felt like this one, he had enough intonation and inflection. I honestly almost forgot that it wasn't him. Like when he was talking about his wife's death and everything, I was like, oh, that's right. This isn't him. You know, like to me, there was, there was almost not even a disconnect, just like a, I almost forgot. I felt like he had enough like spirit and emotion in his voice. So, and and that's actually leading into my next question about what did you think about how, how personal his stories were like, did that really resonate with you? Obviously, Amy, you said that it did about the, you know, not going to the tournament for his personal beliefs. Amanda, did you, did you feel that way too about like any parts of his personal story? Did it really help you kind of like sink it in to you? I think the way that he laid the story out, he gave so many examples in his own life. And then he had so many examples of people that he had interviewed. And I really liked that he called himself a change maker Like he wasn't a life coach, but he was a change maker. And that was one of the words that he referenced. And I thought, you know, and we change ourselves, you know, like, I mean, I've been with you for two years almost. And like, I don't ever say that you changed my life. I've changed my life. Yes. So like, I really like the the examples were um, concrete enough. And he had so many different types of people. I mean, he could have interviewed all hedge funders, but he had just regular, ordinary people wanting to make differences in their life. So that I thought was, was super helpful. And you kind of felt like he was your personal coach just from his interactions, because you could kind of put yourself in, in the shoes of the person that he was attempting to help. And you've always said to like, see your future self and seeing our future self as our new story. So I saw a lot of parallels. I mean, I made a list of things that I thought were similar to our methods at the Get Your Goal group, as well as, you know, just all of the life coach type stuff. They kind of hold hands. Yeah, very much so. And I'm curious, I mean, I mean, was there anything you said that really specifically the the tennis tournament, was there was there anything else that really like some kind of an example? Because I noticed personally, I noticed a couple of times during the book that I was like, he really is already talking to people. Again, this was this was me arguing with the book, like you're making it sound too easy. I I thought to myself, oh, he's only talking about people who are already at like a level of achievement in their lives? Like, like, did you find it to be very, like, did it resonate with you to, to have examples of like somebody who is running a hedge fund or somebody who is competing athletically when, I, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like sometimes when we talk about like, really specifically, like getting a weight loss goal, like that doesn't always 
match up with like some of his examples of competing at like a higher level. And so I was really curious if, if all of the examples really felt like they resonated with, with both of you. Well, for me, I feel like there were enough simple steps that it made it very user-friendly for just about anybody. Like, I still don't know what a hedge fund manager does. Like, I still don't know what that is. Something with money. Uh. You know, and so, yeah, because at the beginning when I wrote down some of my notes, I was like, I feel like this is a little bit of an infomercial. So it took until we it did. That's really like, interesting. Are you because of, the, meat of, of the audio narration, do you think? Or like because of the way it was written? I'm, d- I'm really curious about that. Well, I didn't listen to it for the first part of it. I was the middle oh. part of the book that I was actually, that I had actually listened to. Okay. Um, so that first part I was just reading and I was just like, okay, get to it already. Like, tell us what's oh. going to happen. And so then when oh. he started getting into the actual pieces, even though there's 33 pieces yeah, and not everybody, yeah, but there's just an element of it's relatable enough that you could actually take the piece that works for you. Like I keep remembering the Kaizen. I hope I'm pronouncing that one correctly, where you're taking the small (laughs) steps. That one was really helpful for me that anybody can take a small step, whether it's weight loss or relationships or whatever it is that they're trying to, to help and fix. Yeah. I love it. And uh, Sally has told me that there was one housewife. I (laughs) good. Okay. I actually had forgotten that. Like I, I, I don't know if I said it out loud. So this book went down so easy. I actually finished it quite some time ago. Like this book, I I found myself not wanting to put it down. And so as soon as I started it, I was done with it very quickly. And then I went back and listened to some more of it like earlier last week, but not the entire thing again. So this is already a little bit, a little bit older for me, (laughs) why I had forgotten some of the examples. Um, Interesting. Robin says, I agree with the infomercial comment. It was turning me off initially. So interesting. I will tell you as, um, as somebody who is writing a book currently, that intro part does feel very tricky because you do almost want to sell somebody on here's why you should read the rest of this book. Otherwise they're just facing, you know, 250 pages of what could feel very dense. So the first like intro, you basically have to say, this is why you want to read the next 200 pages. And so it does, even my own writing, I feel the same way. It feels very infomercially like, but wait, there's more. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. And like, I love it. Um, And Sally said, I found myself skipping the examples and registering the guide points because they were familiar. Isn't that interesting that, um, that it felt very, very simple. Uh, Terry said that it struck me more as the examples that showed, oh, no tragedy or dysfunction is too much to change. That's very interesting. I, I felt like his own, and I'll, I'll go ahead and call it a tragedy of losing his wife. Again, this is where I almost not argued with the book, but kind of thought, gosh, you're making this sound so easy. You're making this sound so simple okay, your wife died and then you got married again and your life is all good. Like it, it did kind of sound like, like it was, it was fast. It was easy. And I personally, because I am that kind of girl, I personally would have liked a little bit more of the tragedy. Like I like digging into tragedy. I really do. <laughs> um, and then Tanya says that given what my husband went through during the pandemic with his job, I would say that the book was right on in saying that no matter how successful in your job, things change and you need to tell the new story. 
and, and live your new story. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Um, so I'm very curious if, if anybody else identified a specific story that you've been telling yourself, like, I mean, the one that I found about how it can't be easy, how it has to be hard in order to like get success. Did you, did you like just take in what he was saying or did you find a way that it really specifically applied to your life about either a story that you've been telling yourself or a story that you would like to tell yourself? Either one of you or anybody in the chat? I will. So I, the last couple of days I've been trying to think about like, who am I? Yeah. What's my core and digging. Yeah, this was good timing for you, huh? Yeah, it really <laughs> was good timing for me because it helped me think about it in terms of that new story of if I were to write a new story, if I were to meet a, a, a new person, how, how would my story play out? Is it going to be based upon those older stories? And so that was really helpful for me that you didn't have to sit there. Like there was the one chapter, it was, uh, shoot, something about the past. Uh, disintegrate the past or was that, I can't remember. I don't remember exactly. I, yeah, again, I don't remember the exact, I, I think we all, I mean, anybody who read it like kind of understands what you're saying. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, but that was like really helpful for me because I tend to do that of uh, digging up my past um, and trying to, you, you know, that that's how I like to predict my future is basically. We all do. That's, that's what we do. Yeah. Absolutely. So that was, that was really helpful for me to just start having like developing what my new story would look like in what I've already been thinking about. So that was really helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah. And how about you, Amanda, incinerating the past? Thank you, Sally. <laughs> Thank you. I, there were so many points that I liked. Uh, the first one was blind faith. And I didn't even know blind faith was a word or a concept. And I felt like for myself, when I joined the Get Your Goal group and following the steps, I just, it was a leap of faith and I never questioned it. And you've, you've commented on how, how could I be so like confident in your process without having any questions? So I really didn't, I don't question and maybe it's a shortcoming or I see it as an asset because I don't, I have the knowledge to take someone else's information and think, hmm, you're smarter than me about this. Let's try it this way. So I felt good about that. That was the number one. That was his first one was blind faith. I was like, hey, I already do that one. And I also really like the ones that I feel like that I'm already like internalizing into my current life that I have. So I really like the, the small steps. I liked like having the compassion and love, that was a big thing that he said. It was more towards the end of the book. Like if more people practice compassion and love, there'd be a lot less grouchy people around. You know, if everyone's walking around that their family just died from something horrible, you're you're gonna your tolerance level for people is going to be so different. So I, I like that I've been practicing love and compassion. Like there's so many of the steps that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm so happy that those are things and. And there's ones, of course, that I'm going to work on practicing too, you know, because I want to live my best life. Yeah. I'm curious, really specifically, and then Amy, I'll get to you, but like really specifically when, when you were looking at the steps, which one did you think, oh, this is something I'm not doing? Because I mean, knowing you as, as I do, I wouldn't have said that there was anything that you needed to work on. So that's super interesting that you would say that. Was there like a specific step that you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to attack next? I'm going to change my ringtone. <laughs> oh, oh, <I> <laughs> okay, so it really was something very practical, like a doing step. Oh, I love it. 
I just like that it reinforces like I'm doing the right thing. You know, like I really feel like that that the, the books that we've listened to so far, like I'm not doing everything. I'm on the right path. Like I'm moving forward. And that's something my sister always talks about, like the things that we do to move us forward. You know, like this week, I took the entire week off, which you don't take the entire week off if you're trying to have this great lofty sales goal. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't beat myself up. So, I mean, I felt like I had a lot of just love and compassion for myself as well as for my family. So um, I just feel like I'm in a really good place. And it's great to feel that way. Yeah, you know, absolutely. and I'm waiting for the shoe to drop and I'm not focusing on that at this moment. Oh, so. we'll, get to, we'll get that in a minute. Amy, what was it you wanted to chime in? Oh, I just, I just wanted to add that I did appreciate the chapter that was talking about the mission statement. And um, so he was giving the example of Billie Jean King of despite all of her wins, that just what she really like put forth in the world of women being, you know, the equality of women and being paid equal. And that just made me think a little bit more about my mission as like a teacher as to what really am I trying to accomplish um, in my overall, as I walk away from that profession when I'm ready to retire. So that just was, it resonated with me as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that you got that out of it. That's really cool. Geraldine says that I liked the new story wasn't too specific, like getting a particular promotion or salary, but more about how you would be as a person. And I will tell you that this is something that, that I haven't actually talked about a lot as part of like, like my philosophy on the fitness matters podcast or anything like that. But it's, it is so important to recognize that the specific of what you want can change. I mean, truly, you can want anything and you can get anything. The thing that really changes is you and how you see yourself. And I love that he was so clear about that. And actually, that was that was one of the things that I took away from the book. I was like, ooh, remember to talk about this. <laughs> because, because I totally agreed with it. It totally resonated with me. And I was like, oh, this this is something that we could absolutely talk about on the Fitness Matters podcast, too, about how the story of who you are as a person who has, you know, gotten your weight loss goal or gotten your, your sales goal or your salary goal or anything like that. It is about who you become as a human being, not just about the money or the number on the scale or the, the whatever specific thing. And thank you for pointing that out, Geraldine. That was really cool. So I'm really curious because I found myself at the beginning of every chapter, you know, I'd be listening away, you know, playing on my phone or whatever I was doing. And the quotes at the beginning, I'd be like, wait, what are you saying? And then I'd realize it was a quote. And then he would say who it was by. And I was like, oh, oh, gotcha. So I'm curious how, like when you're reading and you can see visually that this is a quote and, you know, just your brain takes in the information that there's a name by it and things like that. It was, it was so different only listening to it. And I'm very curious about what, how you guys liked the quote. Sally said that she loved the quotes more than the book. <laughs> I love it. What a great comment. But how did you, how did you guys feel? And everybody else in the chat, how did you guys feel about the quotes that started off each chapter? I like the quotes, but because I had read the book to start with, and I knew that was coming as I listened to it as the audio. So I was prepared for it. Yeah. Um, but I like the quotes because it actually helped me set myself up for what I was expecting to then learn from mm -hmm. that particular chapter. It helped give a little bit of clarity uh, for some of them. Mm -hmm. um, and some of them were so fast. Then the quote was a little bit more meaty almost <laughs> in yeah. what uh, the concept was. So 
um, to me, that was a really great way to start it. Yeah, I agree. As a writing tool, I thought that it was it was very interesting, very intriguing. It definitely, for me, it helped re-engage my brain. Like I said, like I was listening and I was just kind of passively listening. And then it was like, it caught my attention every time. Like, wait, what are you saying? Oh, so I started paying a little bit more attention. How about you, Amanda? Did you like the quotes in the book? I did. I did like the quotes. I was unaware of who the person really was. Like, I'm going to go back maybe and say, well, who was this famous person that they quoted? Because some of the people are like, I've never heard of them before. Yeah, so yeah me too. I like um, Brene Brown. She did quotes in her book, too. Like, she had people that, and maybe it's a technique they use commonly in writing things. So, yeah, I like the that- quotes. They're- I think that might actually be a very common nonfiction thing. I I can't think of a specific book off the top of my head, but I feel like it's, it's definitely a thing that, that writers do. And I, I mean, I'm agreeing with what everybody is saying here. Tanya says my husband often has his favorite quotes when speaking to people. So I was used to it. And Margaret says, I liked the quotes. Um, Also, they really focused what followed for me. Linda says, I liked the quotes, um, but I have a problem when they are not correctly attributed. (gasps) Okay, I, I wasn't going to bring it up because I didn't look it up who the person was, but I noticed that too. There was one quote that I'm like, I don't think that's who that's from. And so, Linda, thank you very much for actually knowing what this is. The very first quote was attributed to Nelson Mandela, but he was quoting the poem Invictus. Thank you so much for knowing that. And I can't come up with it off the top of my head, like what the quote even was, but I vividly remember hearing it and being like, I don't think that's what that is from. So that's very interesting. Um, and authors beware using Google, Google quote. Well, okay. You guys have seen the famous meme about, I uh, believe everything that you read on the internet said Abraham Lincoln or something like that. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's true. You've got to be really, really careful when you're just like pulling quotes out of things. Um, so, so I am curious about some of the like the really specific things that kind of resonated with you in the book. I, I will be honest, the thing that resonated most with me was listening to his story about his wife's death. I mean, I, I very much equated that with like me going through my sister's death. And, and really, it, the thing that was super funny is that when he was talking about like signs about like blind faith and things like that, um, he was talking about the hummingbird. And it was really interesting because um, one of my sister's very, very good friends also lost her sister. And so right before my sister died, she and I were talking and I was like, you know, what, what do you do without your sister? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> she had already <laughs> lost her sister for like several years. And she's like, I really don't know. So far, I'm still figuring it out. But she was talking about how like her sister was not necessarily like into nature or anything like that. But like right before her sister died, she had said something about like, whenever you see a hummingbird, think of me. And my, my sister's friend was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like kind of thought it was weird. It was like a little bit of an odd thing. And so when they were like at the funeral home picking out uh, like caskets or whatever it was, she said that there was this one that had a hummingbird on it. And she was just like, Oh my gosh. And so now every time I see a hummingbird, I totally think about my sister's friend at losing her sister. And so in the book, when they were talking about hummingbirds, I was just like, this is a thing. This is a thing that people do. (laughs) So I was really curious if anything about like signs or things like that, which wasn't necessarily like the point of the book, but I am curious if there was something kind of, kind of maybe small like that, that really stuck out to you in the book that you were just like, Oh, that is a little bit more universal than than maybe I had ever thought for myself. Um, 
Um, oh, Trisha said, this is not entirely related to my question, but Trisha said, I'm not sure if I would have known how to use or implement the information in the book if it were not for the work that mm -hmm. I've done with Paula. That's super interesting. I'm going to get to that next, but I want to ask you guys about if there was something like either with signs or with something else kind of, kind of small from the book that really just resonated with you in a specific way. I forgot about the hummingbird example. Oh. <laughs> That's totally I, okay. Apparently I didn't pick up on anything like that. <laughs> well, so this actually, okay. So this thing that Trisha said actually really did bring up something that I wanted to talk about because this was what I noticed. And again, I, I noticed this through the lens of me thinking to myself, wow, you're making this sound so easy. Wow, you make this sound so simple. And it, there were times when I heard that, like being kind of critical of him and the writing. And then there were times where I kind of stepped back and I was like, again, noticing myself, like, what if it is just simple? What if it is just easy? And what I was thinking about with the way that he describes mindset work is that because he talks about a story, it's much more, I think, macro than the way that I talk about it, which is very micro, you know, find one thought, you know, find the feeling that comes with that one thought. And I think that the thing that I really liked about his approach is that because it was a little bit more broad strokes, it was a little bit easier to take in as opposed to like, like, okay, you go to the beach, and you see all this sand and he's telling you, hey, pile it up and make a sand castle. And I'm telling you, look at one grain at a time. <laughs> I think I think that's why his method did feel simple, but in a good way. That's not a criticism, but like simple to digest, simple to understand, simple to work with about looking at things as as more of a whole. And, and so, though, I mean, really specifically with Amanda and Amy, did you... Did you kind of notice it that way about how the work really does go along with what we do, but that it is kind of a little bit bigger, a little bit broader? Did you think about that while you were reading it? I guess I'll. Yeah, go ahead. I thought it paralleled a lot to what we already are working on, you know, or how we're changing ourselves. So for me, like the exercise daily, that's something you've been telling us, like visualizing future self. <laughs> celebrating your small wins like the, I wrote down a bunch like recognizing like weekly your wins practicing gratitude daily that we got reinforced in the last two books in addition to this one so it was they were building blocks to me that they seem like our castle that we're making it's got the same foundation it's just different perspectives on how people interpret it and he had so many examples of people that did change their life by using his methods and like when his wife passed away because he'd already been working on all of these things. It didn't make it easier, but he felt like that's what he had been training for. Like that was the pinnacle of his existence going through such a terrible loss. And then having all of that, just he started to live the life that he was telling people, these are the things that are going to help you or you're going to benefit from doing it X, Y, Z. And so I think that that just made it more concrete I guess because he was actually he was doing exactly what he said it'd be like if you were telling us to do the 5-0 method and and you're doing the 
not five O method, you know, <laughs> you know, like you're not method. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like you're just like, you know, just leading by example. And I felt like in the book that he did so much leading by example based on the, uh, the stuff that he shared with us. And I, I think you may have written another book. I was going to oh. investigate that. Oh, yeah, I don't know that. But I, I agreed that that was something that I really appreciated about the book. I felt I felt very much inspired by his personal story in terms of oh, in terms of his athleticism, which is part of the reason why I chose the book, honestly, and and his personal story with the loss of his wife. It's like, OK, you know, he has been through some things. This this did really resonate with me in a way that he he is showing by example, not just saying here's here, do this, but like, here's what I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's interesting. How did you feel, Amy, that um, whether or not it it kind of meshed with what we talk about and and kind of did it put, feel like it put another like tool in your tool belt to be able to think about something as like a story as opposed to just a thought or what did you what did you make of that I feel like it actually just strengthened what you had already have what I've already learned from you um there was I was making notes in my book when I was doing the reading part in the actual book and I was like oh you mean like recognizing a thought um, <laughs> right <laughs> yeah but when he was talking about the old story that's for me like Oh, you mean a thought? Um, and so for me, yeah. I just really appreciate that when these kinds of things overlap, I really love it when truth is truth. So it doesn't matter how you're approaching it. It's just that reinforcement of, yeah, this is good stuff. And this is something that is helpful, whether you are getting, uh, you know, very specific to one thought versus having it be more of a story. But he also, there was, um, he talked about the mini stories because at first I was a little bit discouraged thinking, oh, so we have to have these grandiose new stories <laughs> to be able right. to like be successful. And so finally, when I started reading about the mini stories, I was like, oh, okay. Because then it did seem like that new story could be as simple as that single thought, yes. right? So yes. that to me was just helpful to have it all weave together and yes. just reinforce what I've already come to love about your philosophy. Yeah, I, I think that that's such a good point because I noticed that several times in the book, again, when I was arguing with it without really arguing, when I was arguing with myself about how this is too easy, where he did reinforce so many times like, yes, here's your big story. And also, here's your small step. Here's your small story. Like I did feel that that his his work was um, it was practical in the sense of it did tell you how to break down a big goal. It did tell you how to break down your 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 big butts at the end of every <laughs> chapter. Like I did feel like there was there was plenty to move forward with there, which is actually really interesting. I'm going to get to a comment over here that um, um I think it was Lori, and I don't know if I've um. Okay, now I lost a lot of comments because I was not paying attention to it. So let me actually just come back to a couple of them. Um, uh, Margaret says, that I believe that his comments about how free you are and did not take into account on how obstacles like specific ones, financial health related barriers and family, et cetera, could be dealt with. Um, make me think that he was too slick. Oh, that's so interesting. Mina said that this book and others like it uh, may not offer, offer groundbreaking information. And I will just, again, from my own experience of writing the book, I will tell you, you can't offer anything too groundbreaking because the trying to condense like every single thing, you know, into something readable means that it's going to be a little bit more surface level. I'm finding that in my own writing, it's a tiny bit more surface level than I would like it to be. But I know that in order to dig even deeper, 
that work really comes with working with someone one-on-one, like hearing their exact thoughts, knowing exactly what they're doing. A book really is going to be a little bit bigger and broader strokes. Um, um, and, and Geraldine is asking, oh, this is such a great question. Has anyone tried writing their old and new stories? I think I might try it, but I haven't managed yet. I love this. Well, and that actually is a really good question for, for everybody. I mean, Amy, did you, it sounds like you took notes, but did you actually like write down anything like this is my old story and, or, I mean, I know you're working on your new story. So did you write down anything about this is my old story? How about that? <laughs> um, I haven't written down anything concrete, but I definitely started having some thoughts whirl around um, And I think the biggest part is just that old story of, you know, negative self-talk and um, feeling like that I'm not worthy or to not uh, think that um, I have anything to offer. Um, Those are some of the things that um, just I like the examples of the old stories so that I could like see myself in some of those things. Mm -hmm. And I also appreciated the big butt at the end of each section because (laughs) for me, it was kind of like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. So that actually helped me (laughs) identify some of my old story. So um, I I am going to challenge myself to write down the old story and formulate a new one for sure. I think that it's a good exercise and then from there, we, I can, you know, look more specific at some of the thoughts and the feelings yeah. that go with it. I love it. How about you, Amanda? Did you write down an old story? Or I, have, a story? I have not written it down yet, um, but since I got the actual copy of the book, it was going to be easier to, I'm going to probably do the contract, like, because you can make a contract with yourself. So I thought that would be a good example of, putting it on paper and I'm going to focus more on my, my, my living my best story and not so much on my old story. And I liked it when he said, fake it till you make it. So like the characteristics that you want to have, if you don't feel confident that you're there yet, that you can still, you know, put forth that effort, you know, and thinking about what do I want my new story to be or, you know, my next story. So that was it. Because I, I, I like so Amanda, you know, I'm going to argue with you on this one, right? Fake it till you make it is doing something to try and think you're something. <laughs> that was the one part. That was the one part of the book that I did argue with. I was like, you don't do something to change your thoughts. <laughs> I, but, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> but I actually thought that. I was like, oh, I know you did. <laughs> I know lots of you did. I love it. I bet Amy B did too. <laughs> I just thought, for me, I just kind of thought, well, that's something like if you want to have more patience, you can practice being, you know, like, talking to yourself in a different way, I guess is the way I would. And so that's the thing. He said, behave. And you heard it the way I often say it is think something so you can feel something so you can behave a certain way. And then you'll reinforce your thoughts. Like you totally heard it through my lens, but that's not what he actually said. (laughs) It's so funny. I love it. I love it so much. But Geraldine, let's, let's come back to this really quickly because it's interesting that not one of us, because I didn't do it either. And I don't, I, I have 18 new comments to read, but the thing about writing down your old story is it does kind of feel like there's a barrier here. I'm going to slip into coach mode here. <laughs> the thing about like reading a book like this and being like, oh, this is so interesting. This is so fascinating. And you're thinking it in your head and then you're like, put it away and then walk away from it. The thing 
about committing it to paper is that you are writing down your thoughts about yourself. It feels very vulnerable. It feels very open, not open. It feels very like I'd like to censor myself. The thing about writing down your old story is that those are thoughts that are going to create feelings in your body that feel lousy. That's why it's your old story. It's why it's why it's lousy. And it's why you want to not have that old story and, you know, aim for a new story. The writing down the old story, it's just journaling. And what you can do is ask yourself a question. What is my old story about weight loss? What is my old story about my business? What is my old story about how much money I earn? What is my old story about my relationships? Like, When you ask yourself that question, and I think that maybe even framing it as old story could be helpful. I really, I actually liked that a lot about his method was that using that phrase kind of categorizes it in your mind as something that isn't attached to you right now. My old story sounds like it's in the past already. Like even using that phrase, you guys know language is important. Even using that phrase can help you distance yourself from it and recognize I'm looking towards my new story and that's in my rearview mirror. I love that. Thank you for bringing that up, Geraldine. That was a really good question. And let me actually get to um, a couple more comments here because I, I feel like I have missed quite a few of them. <laughs> um, Amy says that when you talked about focus, I tied that to our conversations around consistency. Yeah. <laughs> focus creates consistency for me. I love it. Oh, the gratitude section reminded me of Amy. Oh, that's so nice. I agree. I was thinking that too, when he was talking about writing your grats every day. I Here's the thing that I actually found really interesting is that his book was prescriptive in that he told you a couple of different things to do, but he wove it through stories as opposed to like step one, do this, step two, do this. So you almost had to kind of find the steps in the examples he was giving. Like, I mean, he, he mentioned several times, write your gratitude, but did he ever actually say like, sit down every morning and write a great, I mean, he, again, he kind of did, but in the examples, I, I thought that was really interesting because I did pull that one out too and, and thought the same thing. Um, and when he says that I felt they helped me move forward and it gave me more tools to do that with, I love it. I love it. Um, And Tanya, thank you for looking this up. It says it looks like Bob Litwin was a co-author with another person and not sure what the books are about. Okay, that's super interesting and worth looking up. I think this is something that I'm noticing in the book club in general. When I read one book by somebody that really does resonate with me in one way or another, I really want to go read something else that they've written and see if there's more depth to it, like if there's more to what they are saying, again, to kind of dig up more of it. Um, Linda says, many stories are things that you can actually accomplish. I love it. Um, (laughs) Sally says, I think the thought, write a story brought on writer's block for me. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? I agree. Sometimes it it always comes down to language. When, When you hear something specific, you have a thought like, I can't write a story. (laughs) I suspect that might've been what that was. I love it. Um, Lori says, I think my old story is in all those pages of journaling I do interspersed with my new story in the helpful thoughts. Yes, exactly. Old story is unhelpful thoughts. (laughs) Story is helpful thoughts. I love it. Tanya says, it is tough to go back to the old story as I'm in the middle of my new story. Not sure if it would be useful. Oh, so interesting. I'm I'm curious about that one. I, I don't feel like 
and you guys can correct me because again, I don't think I memorized everything he was saying. Did you, did you feel like he gave like a compelling reason why you would want to understand your old story before moving on to your new story? Do you remember anything about that, Amy or Amanda? I, I feel like it was just more of this is what you're trying to leave behind. Um, so unless I miss something as well, I'm not, I'm not sure that there was a lot of information about pulling it apart or really, you know, dissecting that at all. I think it was just more of <clears throat> understanding what you are trying to improve upon. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that that's interesting because I feel like he mentioned numerous times about writing down your old story, but I can't come up with anything really specific about why he said that would be important. I will tell you, I mean, from my own thinking, the reason it's important is because so many of those thoughts are just automatic. Even if you have found yourself really moving towards a new story and finding helpful thoughts to move you forward, there will be something old rattling around. For example, that thought that this has to be hard. I've heard that before and thought that I had kind of dealt with that and moved through it. And yet here it was really obvious to me while I was reading this book So for me personally, that's why you would write down an old story because again, for me, writing things down really allows things to kind of come out of your pen that maybe you're not hearing consciously. When you ask yourself a question and you're writing something down, I I frequently write something down that I didn't expect to write down, like very frequently. So when I do that, I notice oh, here's a thought I didn't realize I was still having. Here's a thought, here's a a part of my story that I didn't know was still in there. Um, And Tanya said that it seemed like he was saying to write your story in the moment. Oh, which would lead to what you want your new story to be. When I start to rehash the old story, my brain gave me that this is old and is not who you are now. I love that. What a helpful thought. This is old news and not who you are now. Tanya, I love that one. Oh my God. Bottle that up. Like for real. That's a, that's a really good thought. I love, especially if it actually makes you feel good. (laughs) Um, Julie says that writing my old story helped me appreciate how far I've come. Oh, while carrying those thoughts with me and a little emotional thinking how far I can go with choosing thoughts going forward. You guys, that's a good one. I had not consciously thought of that, even though that is something that I do when I'm thinking about an old story. I'm, I'm so grateful for old Paula. I mean, even though old Paula is technically speaking in front of me, (laughs) but former Paula, I'm grateful for the choices that she made. I'm grateful for the things that she like went through and muddled through before knowing things. I mean, that, and that's actually a kind of an important point. I mean, either Amanda or Amy, have you guys thought about how writing your old story might help you be grateful for where you've been and see how much progress you've made? I know for me, that's a big, like it's really helpful because it's, it's that pat on my back of being able to recognize where I am going and where I still have, you know, what I've, already accomplished. Mm -hmm. And I did want to just make a comment about the new story. Um, When Sally said she had writer's block and somebody else had talked about the new story. For me, I didn't feel like the new story had to be concrete. I felt like the new story meant that I kept imagining like scribbling it out and that you could keep editing and rewriting the new story 
as often as you wanted to, because I feel like there were a couple of times when he had, when he was talking to some clients that they're like, it didn't quite work out. So it was like, Hey, well, let's try something different. And maybe I misunderstood that, but no, I totally what I, that's what I took away is that we get to keep changing the new story. So it doesn't have to be this final thing um, that we have concrete. And you do that with us with our goals is that we can tweak that goal and have something that's achievable and then change the goal as needed kind of thing. So for me, just being able to reflect upon the old story, I don't want to get stuck there for sure. And I do like the wording of old story being something that it's old. It's in the past. It's forgotten. But I do like the um, the, the self pat on the back. It's very helpful. For sure. I love that. And I love the idea of thinking about the new story being written in pencil or pen that you could scribble out, like just whatever, like it's not carved in stone. That is, that to me was just like, what a brilliant way of thinking about it. I love that that was your visual right from the get-go. That's so cool. I love it. How about you, Amanda? I think it'll be helpful to go back and investigate that. And I think one of the biggest takeaways for me for the book was living intentionally. Like we get to pick, like I can be passionate and compassion or practice compassion and love and understanding. And like, as a parent, I, I would like to be more calm. You, so, you know, there, I think we're going to do an inventory of ourself for the future story or our new story where we intentionally get to pick how we want to show up and be there as, as our example of who we are as a person. So I thought that was, and I like that we get to pick. And like you said, when one of the workouts, you know, we're the directors, we're the directors of our lives and, and internalizing that I can direct people. I can't control them. So, I mean, I just, I really like just living intentionally and I just want to be the best person, you know, like my goal, I just want to show up. I want to be the person people look forward to seeing and not like, Oh my, you know, she's here. She is again, you know, like, and we get to pick that. And I think our energy that we have, when you have such a good sense of self where you just feel like everything's going, you know, it's rainbows and unicorns, people were contagious. Like one of the things I think he said in the book was like, even if he just, it was one of the examples, like the guy saying somebody's name, you know, he was a, a probably a hedge fund guy because everybody, but he was just like, you know, and so like, that's easy. I can totally do that every time, you know, when I go to check out at the grocery store, oh, hey, Faye, how's your day? You know, because people yeah. love to hear their name and we forget about that. So just that's a tiny little thing. And I love the application of what can I start practicing? Like, I just want to. I want to jump right in. So yeah, I love it. I love it. Trisha says it's easier for me to think about my old story as something small, like I never have enough time, a small nugget of my life that I want to change. I've been working on my new story one thought at a time. I do like the term old story to show it's in the past. And I like Trisha that you um, that you kind of <laughs> took a couple of the things that he was talking about that that you can write a mini story at a time so that it doesn't have to be the story because I think that might be where some of the like writer's block comes from too like and even I mean Amy you've been talking a little bit about how you're you're asking yourself who do I want to be sometimes that feels like a really big question right like maybe who do I want to be at work and who do I want to be at home not that they're different but just like thinking about it in in smaller areas might be slightly easier than 
who do I want to be? <laughs> like, what is the story that I'm trying to write here? Because that can be really overwhelming, right? Can I share just a tiny, tiny sure. example of my who do I want to be new story? Yes. I actually had a different uh, dress on. This is actually a dress. And I decided, no, I want to be able to be a little bit more fun and playful representation. So I changed to this one. <laughs> I love it. Because, of course, you're a fun person. Oh, my gosh. And I love that you actually, again, okay, so tying this in with what Amanda said about being intentional. Like, you made choices to intentionally be and live into a different story. Like I'm a fun person. I dress fun. I behave fun. I step outside my comfort zone. I go on lives. Like, like this, is, <laughs> this is really, really cool. I love this so much. Um, and uh, uh, Sally says, I like that, Trisha. Yes. Thinking about writing the big story is how the book struck me. Interesting. I felt like, I, you know, this is definitely one of those perception things. I feel like, Again, my my perception was definitely the big broad strokes. And then the more we're talking about this, like with both of you, you both absolutely heard the smaller parts of it. Like take small steps. Here's your mini story. Here's, you know, calling somebody by their name. Like I heard what I intended to hear, which was this is very broad. And so therefore I heard everything broad. And both of you were like, what can I hear that strikes me? And you both heard something a little bit more, a little bit more micro. I totally love that. I mean, this is, this is pretty much my favorite thing about anything ever is that we can all read the same book. We can all have like the same opinion and differing opinions and get something slightly different out of it. I love it. So here, big, big, broad question to finish this off. So would you personally, any of you, and in the chat, would you recommend this book to a friend? I did. <laughs> and Amy said, yep. How about you, Amanda? I did. I, I shared it with uh, probably five people. Oh, wow. Oh, I love you that. Can, on Sherp, you can put share and it sends them a link. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I love that that is part of your story is that you want to like spread the word of, of self-help and here's how to live a new story to other people. And therefore you're sharing the book with them. That is so cool. That is awesome. Uh, Mina says, yes, I definitely would. Wendy said, I did. Wendy, Wendy's sitting right next to you. <laughs> I did. I taught my son to read it. I love it. Tanya says, I already recommended it to my husband who is reading it now. Fantastic. I love it. I am really curious. And I, I mean, I actually meant to ask this a little bit, but I going into it, I was very curious how I would feel reading a book by a man and having like the man's voice kind of talking about here's how, here's how you should live your life. I just, I had, I had some thoughts about that going into it. And I, I found myself very intrigued by the story. So I'm very curious if, um, if a man would hear the book differently so tanya tanya next month report back on what your husband thinks about it <laughs> although it I was for it. me very interesting to see how many examples of men had these old stories that were very negative right. and so i actually appreciated to understand that hey men have these same challenges that we tend to as women. So that was actually very helpful to see that perspective. I agree. I thought it was so universal. I, I, reading, the, reading the examples, I was just like, everybody thinks this stuff. Everybody has self-worth issues. Everybody wonders what other people think. Everybody wonders if they're good enough. I, I totally agree. I thought that was really interesting. 
Um, Randy said my husband died two and a half years ago. And Randy, I'm sorry about that. That's sad. Um, and shortly after I joined a writing class once a week, it has been so cathartic. And yes, I have changed my stories in many ways I never imagined. Good for you. That's awesome. Uh, Mary says that I've shared this book with a coworker who is negative a lot. <laughs> he likes the concepts. Yay. Helping yourself <laughs> while helping your coworker. I love it. That's very subtle. <laughs> Margaret says, yes, I shared it to my work buddies. Um, Lori said, that's what I commented on previously. That struck me wrong. The whole mail thing. It's so interesting. Um, Tanya says, I, I will let you know. That's awesome. <laughs> and Sally said that gender didn't strike me at all. So interesting. I, I, I wasn't sure. Again, I came to that book thinking, okay, here's like a high level athlete. And that was something that I really wanted to read. I love reading about athletes. I, I love hearing what's in their brain and understanding what drives them to be as good as they are. So I, that's part of why I chose that book really specifically. And honestly, even just reading the little blurb, I'm like, oh, I'm going to agree with everything in this book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Super funny. Okay. So speaking of that, you guys, Next month, let me actually tell you a couple of different things about um, next month and even moving forward. So I do have another book for the month of March. We are doing something slightly different and I'm very curious to hear your thoughts about it. And I'm very curious to see how it goes. I know for me personally that the Sunday morning thing has been, I'm going to call it a mixed bag. I really, I, I like it because it felt very natural to me to be talking about books at a time when my podcast would normally come out, but also it's a Sunday morning. So next time in the month of March, we're going to be meeting on a Tuesday at one o'clock in the afternoon. We're going to do a little lunch bunch thing. One o'clock my time, meaning uh, Pacific time. And after that will be after the time change. So that will be Pacific daylight time. Um, and I know that I, I know that no matter what time I pick, there's going to be some conflict for somebody. So I'm hoping to find sometimes maybe plural that work for a lot of people and we might do we might do like a little bit of trying things out but so the next one's going to be on Tuesday March 22nd at one o'clock in the afternoon and you guys I'm so excited about the book we're reading we are going to be reading Hormonal by Eleanor Morgan okay so this is this is a combination of like memoir and scientific exploration of women's mental and physical health now here's why I picked this because, I mean, if, if you have, are not new around here, you know that mental health is physical health and physical health is mental health. I mean, this is, this is what I talk about all the time. So I'm very, very curious about her, like, personal path and her scientific, like, the research that she was able to do. She's not personally a doctor, um, but it sounds like she did some in-depth, like, studying and talking to people about hormones. And, and I think... In my mind, I think this is going to be a little bit like the menopause manifesto where there's like, here's how like feminism and history kind of fits into where we are today. Here's why it's really important to be talking about our bodies and about our hormones and about changes and PMS and menopause. And it's not really specifically menopause, but like all of those things. So the book is Hormonal by Eleanor Morgan. And I will tell you, yes, there will be a trip code available. And actually, let me, um, okay, everyone in meeting, look at, look at what I've done, you guys. I'm so proud of myself. You have no idea. Before we even started, I grabbed the link so that I could do this, put it in the chat. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> so here's the thing. What Trip Books is doing right now is they are actually setting up a page 
on Chirp Books that is really specifically for my book club. So it's chirpbooks.com slash Paula, P-A-H-L-A. And it will have all of the books that we have talked about that you can grab all in one place. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Don't go get the new one until the 1st of March because right now it's full price. And on, I think it's the 1st of March or like the first week of March, it's going to be on sale. And I don't remember if they told me if it was going to be $2.99 or $3.99. It's going to be one of those. It's going to be significantly less expensive than it is right now. Right now it's full price at like $24.99, I think, because it's, it's not brand new. It came out in like 2019. So the thing about Chirp is that what they do is they have those steep discounts for a short amount of time. And what they do for me really specifically is they give that discount during the month that we're reading it. So March 1st, I think, go grab it. Um, the thing about the, the actual book club page, the chirpbooks.com slash Paula, is that it is it is literally like my book club page. So you can follow it. You can, I, I think there might even be a function of seeing like other picks and things like that. They're actually having, um, they're doing a whole thing where they're having different kinds of book clubs with different kinds of influencers. So for those of you like me who like to read psychological thrillers, Amanda, I love that we have that in common. <laughs> so there will be like a book club run by, you know, a, a, I'm going to call myself a personality. How about that? Um, where like every month or actually we're going to be going to pretty soon here, we're going to have one in March. And then I think our next one is going to be in like May or June. We're going to have like a summer club. So we're going to actually be going to seasonal rather than every single month so that it doesn't feel like homework. (laughs) This is one of the things I was talking about with Chirp. I'm like, monthly is monthly is kind of a lot, but every other month or every third month, I think would be really give us plenty of time to go through it and, and not feel like, not feel like we have to listen to it last night. Right, Amy? (laughs) But so you guys, this was so much fun. And Linda says, if you are a Chirp member, they send an email when the discount price is available. Yes, exactly. Oh, Linda, is that how you found out about this club? I love it. Welcome. That's so fun. I honestly, let me be honest. I kind of assumed that everybody here already knew about me personally from like YouTube or from the podcast. So I love that you came here from Chirp. This is so fun. And now... And now here you are hanging out with us. This is awesome. The more the merrier, for sure. So you guys, was that everything? I feel like this was so much fun. Thank you, Amanda and Amy. Thank you guys so, so much for stepping out of your comfort zone, doing something fun. (laughs) Randy also came from church. I love this. You guys, welcome. I love meeting new people and having such a good time. Thank you guys so, so, so much for being here. I, I will see you all again soon. Have a great rest of your day. If you're getting a lot out of the Fitness Matters podcast and you're ready to take it to the next level, you're going to love the Get Your Goal Coaching and Accountability Group. We take all the theory and knowledge here on the podcast and actually apply it in real life on your real weight loss and fitness goals. It's hands-on, it's fun, and it works. Find out more at paulabfitness.com slash get dash your dash goal. And let's get your goal.